Well, I was listening to the Schalke America podcast in the lead-up to this game, the lead English-language podcast for Schalke fans out there. And they were certainly calling for Chernilov to be considered for the right-wing role. Blau und Weiß, ein lieben Hallo meine Leute. Willkommen zum einzigen Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right. Official World's only English Schalke Podcast. Welcome to episode 150 of Schalke America. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Joining me as always, co-host Jack Mangan. Jack, how are we doing? Not great, sir. Not, not great. Uh, It's a drinking mood. Yes, that's true. Cheers to you, my friend. Cheers. Um, I uh, poor result um, <laughs> over yeah. the weekend, and not the first recently. And then a uh, pretty big decision from uh, Schroeder. So uh, we are in a tough spot at the moment. Where do you want to start tonight? Well, let's get to the elephant in the room. Um, Dimitris Gramotsis has been released, fired as manager of Schalke. Uh, and Mike Buskins takes over. Um, yeah, <laughs> after the poor result of the last several games, I mean, we talked about heading to these last three games and really the five game stretch that these are must wins. We had to win them because we had a tough ending. And what do we do? We drop two out of three games to bottom feeders. And as a result, Gramotis is out. Buskins is in. I understand that. I understand, you know, the poor performances that have sort of precipitated this. But um, to some extent, I, I just kind of don't understand the timing. Yeah. Because, I mean, so, I mean, flashback to December, you and I are doing our sort of mid-season review pod that we do every year. And I asked you at the end of that pod, how do you feel about things? Like, where's your optimism level? And I, I what I said at that pod was, I don't think we're getting there with Gramatzis. I yep. think, as I've been saying all season, I think I think the squad is good enough. I think Schroeder's done a good enough job with that. I don't trust that, you know, the deficiencies in the squad are going to be enough um, to kind of get us over the top because I don't think Ramazis is able to address them uh, properly. And so, the, to me, it was like you, it's difficult to to get rid of him at that point because you were still, you know, within touching distance of yeah where you needed to be. But at the same time, if you don't pull the plug in December, then you get into a situation where four or five matches into the second half of the season or whatever it is, you get rid of them. Then you have less time for a new manager to come in and even like, you know, kind of put their stamp aside and, <clears throat> excuse me, and fix anything. Um, and I think that even if that was to be the case, I would have personally expected that we'd be getting, you know, some other manager, like a proper manager in. And so not only have we ended up doing this move late in the season with, with, you know, very little time for the new person to come over and, and do anything it's 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 buskins it's like no no disrespect to him but like when they announced that they were getting rid of gramatis i did not expect you know three days later whatever it was to then hear actually it's going to be him caretaker manager to the end of the season to me it's like if that's what your option is if you don't have somebody to like properly come in and replace him 
you might as well just keep him at this point because you kind of committed to him anyway once you got past December. That's kind of where I am. Yeah. I'm uh, glad you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. Where where are you? Because we had talked about we kind of made this hard deadline of February 15th that if they don't get positive results, that's the last chance you're gonna have to bring a rook manager in because he needs some time to acclimate, like you said. And that time at that time we were okay, still in the hunt. And so they're like, okay, we got to ride or die with him. And it's funny because during the game, um, after the first goal that they gave up, someone mentioned to me on the live stream, they're like, okay, so um, do we get rid of Gramotzis? And I'm like, who's available? No one's available at the moment. It's might as well ride or die with him at this point because, you know, the chances of bringing someone in and, and resurrecting the team is slim to none, right? Uh, and then obviously the game went how it went, and then they brought in Buskins. And um, while we love Buskins, we love Buyo. I don't know. It screams of desperation. It does. And I would, I agree. I mean, at least with Gramosis, you have a chance. Yes, two horrible losses in the last three games to bottom feeder teams. But I mean, like, I mean, I I hope the energy of Buskins and 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 Asamoa and and uh, and Schroeder can lead this team to a run. But I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Defense is issue and. And then plus we got COVID now. Buskin's got COVID, or he just got rid of it. Uh, Schroeder's in PCR protocol, and so. But yeah, but I mean, you kind of you kind of see my point. It's like yeah, 100%. at this point, like like at this point, is getting rid of the manager even helpful? If once again, if, if that's kind of your option, like I, I I figured when I heard they fired him, I figured that they had been talking to somebody and there was somebody waiting to step in. And then there was a couple days that went by without a, a manager announcement. Mm-hmm. which I already thought was surprising. And it, it so it, I don't know. I don't know what was happening behind the scenes. It almost appears as though Schroeder was like trying to get somebody and couldn't, and then just defaulted into Buskins rather than Buskins being the plan yep. all along. Um, but yeah, I mean like it, it just, it, it, do I expect Buskins to come in and suddenly like fix everything with whatever tactics he can bring to the table? Probably not. Um, the question is how much is he even going to want to change the way the side is set up at this point? Is he just going to kind of continue with the general system that Gramatis has been playing, maybe with a couple tweaks, or is he going to put his own stamp on things? Because like, if he's not going to change it, what's the point of getting, you know, rid of Gramatis in the first place, other than to just kind of be, you know, a show of it's a results driven business. We're falling away from our target. We've lost to a couple bad teams. There have to be consequences. Um, and, and if he is going to change it, it's a question of like, do we have time to learn that new system? Yep. Uh, and kind of shore it up and is, is Buskins even the right guy to do it? So I'm not trying to be like overtly like negative about Buskins. I, I know that like a lot of the Schalke community has been kind of rallying around him and trying to show a lot of support, which is great. And obviously you and I both want him to perform well. Like we want the club yeah. to win. So we obviously we want, we want it to work out in this, in this brief kind of stewardship um, period. But I just, yeah, it, it, this is exactly the situation I kind of didn't want to be in. You were right. I mean, like it was that last window back in February where it probably made sense. We didn't do it then. We didn't do it in December. Um, and so I just I kind of expected that we were riding it out with him. And so to see it kind of end up like this is just uh, a little surprising. It's a big call from Schroeder. And it's it's a call that's going to, you know, affect his legacy at the club to some extent. Despite um, all the he's, good done, he's done. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And he's done a phenomenal job so far, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, so I mean, here we are now. We're sitting basically what six points off of the promotion places, if I remember correctly. It's like forty-seven from re- promotion, or six from promotion, seven from top spot. Right, and so I mean, how seven. many how many games do we have left at this point? Ten, ten games. I mean, six points. It's doable, but you're, you're going to need to win most of those ten. 
Verter's the only team that's I been mean, consistent right now. Everybody honest is up and down. But, but, so. but even so, I mean, like you would expect St. Paul to be able to turn it on if they need to. And out of the next 10 games, I mean, how many of those do you think they're losing? Yeah. Is the thing. So, we I mean, need like, to win you, eight gonna, at least. Minimum. That's what I'm saying. You're going to have to win minimum six of those 10 and, and, and probably more. Yeah. Um, or in your, if you're not winning them, you got to be picking up draws at least. Like, we're going to have to go on a pretty big run towards the end of the season here. Uh, yeah, it, it just, yeah, missed opportunities. I mean, multiple teams that we just lost to now who are sitting at the bottom of the table when we played them. Uh, we couldn't take advantage of that. Uh, yeah, yeah we're, we're in trouble for sure. And the only thing I can think Buskins should do is leave the team how it is, but try to do something defensively because defensively we're a horror show lately. Since the, the calendar year changed, we've been a horror show. And the one thing that's been plaguing us all year is a direct play. And again, against Hansa Rostock, it, 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 it plagued us. Um, shout out to uh, Good Morning to Devki. Good morning from India. Uh, Sambo, good morning. And then what's up, Anthony? Uh, so let's get into the game. The Might as well get it over with. Uh, looking at the lineups of this one, uh, we were the home team. Uh, Frazzle and goal. Back three of Itakura, Sane, and Kaminsky. Midfield five. Well, yeah, it was five. Um, Matriciani, Flick, Salazar, Chalanolu, and Cherlinov with Tarota and Bulter up top. Interesting midfield. I, I noted at the podcast that, yes, Flick is back, but Salazar's in the game. Then you got Chalanolu, Matriciani in there. Um, what piqued your interest in the, in, the, in, the, in the lineup in this one? I mean, yeah, you could look at it as a 3-4-3. Three, three. You could also look at it as, as basically the exact same system we were playing before, but with more of like a double pivot as opposed to like, you know, Flick being like the lone man back. Right. Um, and so you can put Trillin off forward because I still viewed like, you know, Matriciani and John and Oglu as, as kind of wingbacks in this in this system more than, yeah. you know, like wide bins. Yep. Um, Flick, I mean, I, I, love the, I love the run that Flick is getting. Um, I'd be interested to hear what Europeans of them were in this game. I thought, before we really get into like what happened in the game, I, my overall opinion is once again, fairly positive um, just in terms of what he was able to do in possession, how fluid he is and, and yeah. how many situations he's seemingly able to rescue. Uh, Cause he scans the field very well. And I think has a good sense of where his teammates are at all times. And, and seems to be able to play the quick pass and with good weight and everything. Um, Zalas are back in the lineup. I mean, he's, he's kind of been omitted recently, so I don't think any of us were upset to see that uh, we probably should have some rotation in there. And obviously he's been, uh, good at various points in the season. Uh, the, the the big one for me was the China logo thing. I mean, it, obviously, a off playing forward in, in a three is something new. Him playing forward is not new. So that, that wasn't like, it was, yeah, slightly different shape, but not like shocking to me. It was really China Noglu yeah. because Oyan's been in there like consistently pretty much every game. And, uh, you know, we have all these people that we can slot into like the, that right wing back position. And the there's more, like... yeah, exactly. There's more of a question mark as to like what is. And I, I think the one positive to come from this weekend is you look at the performance from China Nogli. Yes, it's against a Rostock team who's in 16th place at the time, although they beat us. But you look at that performance and you're like, man, All if right. Oyan goes down, we might be okay because that was a hell of a performance from the youngster. Um, absolute wand of a left foot. I mean, able to yeah. get crosses on with great depth and width. Literally uh, and, created and like, two goals. Yeah, I mean, but like, but also like from like body angles where it looks like he shouldn't be able to get that cross off. There's times where, where his hips aren't oriented properly to get like the kind of whip you expect. And, and he's it. just able to shape it somehow with his <laughs> technique. Um, so yeah, that was the big thing for me. And I thought it actually paid off and it was, it was a great performance from the youngster. Yeah. I, I did like flex performance, but I think I'm agree with Sambo that the two best players for me on the pitch were Chalanolo, who you just mentioned. And then Toroto, obviously with his, with his hat trick. Um, 
that's you know that's the guy we thought we signed when we when we got him Toroda. He just finishes things. We haven't had that in the longest time. Um, and still, you, you're mentioning that you're one of your best players has gets a hat trick and we still lose. That's the shocking and pissing pissing me off part. Uh, but Talanolo, yeah, had a great game. I thought um, he created a lot of opportunities outside of just those two goals he created. And so he did very well. And when he came off, Kaminsky kind of picked up the charge up top and he got that assist on the third goal for Toroto. So, um, yeah, those couple guys were pretty good. And But the lineup, Matriciani, I was hoping for better things. We got burned on the first goal, uh, arguably on the second goal as well. And it's just more lapses in defensive judgment in this one. But uh, looking at the lineups for Hansa, I mean, Verhoek, I knew about. I knew about Breyer and Barons as well. Um, Ingleson is a guy who had pretty pretty good against us. And obviously, another team, another former player, Timo Becker in the lineup. Um, were those basically the guys who were worried you going to this game, or what were your thoughts? Colke had a great game. In, I, I, mean, I mean, dude, Ver- Verhoek is, is maybe one of my least favorite players in the history of soccer. <laughs> I absolutely despise this man. Um, I mean, like, I mean, he far eclipses my, my, you know, derision of, of like Timo Werner, for instance. And you know how much I, I despise Timo Werner for, uh, his, his flop way back in the day. Verhoek is like, is basically a whiny tryhard, which is, is like my least favorite combination of traits <laughs> in, in, in like a mediocre like player. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, props to him. We'll get to this in a second. He took his goal very well. Um, he also made a meal of every ounce of contact that, uh, came his way as did yeah. most of the Rostock players in the second half. I thought yeah. they were, I thought they were a joke, honestly, in terms of the way they handled that. Um, and, uh, the referee unfortunately ate it up far too often. Uh, but what are you going to say? I'm, I'm dig- you know, I digress at this point. Uh, let's yeah. get back to the actual flow of the match, but yeah. And, and Devki did say, ask us what's the, what's our preferred formation. He thinks four four two. I'm I like this formation honestly. I think the three center backs has been working very well. And then if you have a healthy right wing back and Oyan or Tolanolo, it seems to work out with you know whoever. We've got to figure out who's playing that central midfield role. Uh, and Bolter Trota are wonderful together. I think so. I'm okay with keeping that formation. I don't want to change it now. If you're going to change it, you wait till the off season. Uh, a little too late to kind of change anything. But yeah, so the game. This is an odd one for me, right? Well, one, we do live streams, and usually we, we have a feed that we can watch. And sometimes the feed doesn't start until maybe maybe 10 minutes in, 20 minutes in, sometimes half at halftime. My stream never came in. I could not have a stream. It was not on ESPN+. Plus, so I had to revert to Shaka's uh, German audio for the entire game, which is fine, which is fun. But, uh, yeah, I had to end up watching the game again later just to see what I missed from the audio. Um, but, yeah. It, what it sounded like and what it was, I mean, you look at statistics, 26 shots to 10. We pretty much dominated every category in the game, um, but we just couldn't finish it. No, and I mean, like how, many sh- how many shots on target they have? Four with four. four goals? This is what I'm saying, though, is like this actually in my – I mean, yeah. this wasn't the worst defensive performance we've had. No. Um, for, for the majority of the game, we were fine. There was just a couple mistakes on individual plays, which we'll talk about. Um, and so – I guess, sorry, just quickly getting back to the Gramazza thing. Like this just feels like once again, kind of a reactionary firing. It's not that I, that I think we should have had him as our coach at this point in the season anyway, yeah. but like that was one of the more fluid attacking performances we've had. And I, I don't think the defensive frailties largely were attributable to like 
lapses he, this is in the system that he set up or like whatever i mean yeah. there's a lot of individual mistakes that happen in this game and so i feel like the grimats is taking the brunt of that is just sort of weird as well but maybe yeah. you feel different i don't know well, no we argued the tactics for grimots this year as a whole have been poor but in this game or in like this game in particular we were getting goals we were, we were dominant in this game it was just the lapses in judgment uh their first goal came in the 25th minute through svante ingelson um we are doing good pressure on their end we get a corner kick we put like everybody up there Fortunately, the Salazar crossed into the box, misses everybody, and they go on a counterattack. Um, ball gets up there for Hulk. He gives it off to Ingleson, and Ingleson puts it away. And like I said, it beat us on a counterattack. Matriciani just got beat. Uh, didn't read the play well. I mean, everyone and their mother could see Verhoek wasn't going to do anything with the ball. Maybe it was Breyer. But he wasn't going to do anything with the back against his goal. And you know he's going to pass it. And Matriciani didn't read it, unfortunately. Caught Ingleson in stride, and he slides it yeah. home. Uh, and I was like, it was unfortunate. I, gut punch. It may it may have been him and Flick that were there, maybe. and yeah. it may have, I forget if the other person was Flick. Maybe it was like Edikar or somebody, but like one of them had to track the runner, yes, and just go with the runner, and they both sort of stayed stationary. And, and I mean, the runner went to Matriciani's side, and yeah, as you said, he was a little bit late to react. I mean, to his credit, you know, ran his ass off trying to recover and almost yeah. got there right at the end. Yeah, um, and actually eliminated quite a bit of the angle for the shooting, and and Frazel I think went through his legs like. Not a, not a great performance from him either. Not that like a lot of these goals were like directly his fault or anything, but you yeah. would like to see him maybe save, you know, have a, have a nice save every once in a while. Um, yeah. yeah. Disappointing start. Uh, as you said, and, and maybe if you want to criticize something from Gramazza's, maybe he set the team up in such a way to say like, Hey, you know, put more people in the box on, on corners and set pieces, um, you know, have a higher line defensively, maybe, you know, in terms of like what kind of block you're playing or whatever. I mean, in kind of in, in just, keep the pressure up and, and maybe he set us up in a way that made us, you know, more exposed on the counter than we should have been. And that was sort of naive to take advantage of them like that. I don't know, yeah. but, but the game dictated so, it too, though, because we were so dominant and it seems like we could just be all in their half and do what we wanted. And we, we just have the ball no matter what. And then they caught us. Yeah. They, they, they caught us good. And, and, to, and to be fair to them, to give them credit, I thought their trans like the transition play in those moments was like, uh, very efficient yes. in terms of like the economy of pass. I mean, it was well executed by them, so you have to give them credit for it. Uh, yeah, it was. It was just surprising that we got caught on that like repeatedly. Yeah, I mean, and to our, your point, uh, and Sambo's right. You know, defensively on the counters, we were really just poor, and they were very efficient. You got to give them credit, but we also could have done a lot better. And we and we mentioned that with the two guys, no one was tracking the runner. Everyone's going for the ball, and the guy gets wide open, and he scores the goal. Um, and I was saying just before this goal, too, is like, oh, this domination is great, but we need a goal because what always happens, they get the other team scores a goal, and then we're, we're playing catch up. And sure enough, that's what happens. Uh, we did get a goal back fairly quickly, about eight minutes later. Um, Chalanolu, a guy who, who we said had a good game, uh, is on the left hand side, crosses in, Bulter, what he's been doing so much lately, gets on the near post run, back flicks at a back door, and uh, Toronto with a header knock it in one, one at that point. I'm like, okay, here we go. Here we go. I kept saying, we get another goal. We can really, the, the walls are going to open. We're going to breach them, but. <sighs> Didn't we score a goal literally last game? On, last on two a, games like, like a, that. Yeah. On like a bolter flicked on header for Torada, like deeper back. So yeah. Um, yeah. It was, I mean, it was great stuff from both of them getting in behind uh, the defense, uh, you know, continues to be amusing how much space Torada is able to find at, at points of time. But uh, I mean, Torada against Rostock this season have scored five goals in two games. So th that, that's just more of a Rostock problem. They've just not yeah. been able to handle him physically. I don't think they just don't know what to do with him. Um, and I mean, that's fair. Uh, yeah. There's good. I mean, this is a second division team. They, I mean, he's Torada's 
phenomenal just kind of in general. So, I mean, I, I, I get it, but true, um, true. yeah, yeah, really but nice finish from him and uh great response, you know, that quickly. And that's the thing is we were playing well for the most part, maybe a little bit slow in possession in the first half, yeah. but like, I mean, it was, it was a good offensive performance for us. One of the better ones I think we've had. Yeah. And at that point I was saying, I hope halftime doesn't come for a while because we're playing well. It looks like we're getting a second goal. Uh, and then they get a second goal in <laughs> the 40th minute. Uh, Verhoek off another counterattack, uh, had like a breakaway or whatever, and scores a goal past Frazzle and 2 1. And we're like, oh, come on. Uh, we did get a goal right back. Uh, another Chalanolo play to Toronto, made it 2 2 going into halftime. But again, it's we're doing so well. They get a counter counterattack opportunity and they put it away. Four shots, four goals on target. It's it's infuriating in that two two at least we save face but I'm like we were just th- trading goals at this point and it looked like a wild wild west wide open um, yes we had a lot of opportunities but uh, we just couldn't stop them when they had their opportunities and like I said they're clinical yeah I mean like Sonny and Kaminsky I think both got burned uh, on that particular counterattack and, and yeah. you know even though I just you know was was ranting about this guy for a second um, I mean you got to give him credit it's a nice touch from Verhoek to kind of corral that because it was a it was a nice through ball but it was a little bit out of his reach and he really yeah. had to kind of reach for that and then had a nice finish yeah um on it kind of difficult to see in the sun it was one of those like few games that we get at the Felton's arena where the actual you know open roof and everything is kind of coming <laughs> into play in terms of some of the uh the shadows on the pitch and everything um and then but yeah then like that was trying to glue again right for the second goal i mean yeah that was primary assist that time um in Tirada, I, I think this is yeah this is this is the Tirada play where he's his defenders like, you know, kind of on him or whatever, like has a body on him and then just kind of lets him go. And I don't think he was maybe expecting the ball to come in when it did, but he just like yeah. doesn't keep the body contact and Toronto just is open. And, you know, he know. can score as we know from somebody. It doesn't have to be like, a, you know, a vertical header where he's using his height to like, you know, get above defenders. He can go low, you know, and, and kind of put his body on the line in some of the situations. And he, he's scored several goals like that. Um, so a really nice finish again, and once again a good response, which we uh, which we desperately needed to kind of keep things even uh, heading into the break. And I'm wondering if that goal kind of calmed the halftime talks because you know we deserve to be yelling at the guys for giving up two goals the way we did um, after such a dominating performance. And after we scored that goal, make it two two, maybe they're just like, okay, guys, just focus, whatever. And we weren't as as tough as they probably should have been. Um, well, Renis Torado was getting back to the center circle after he scored that second one. I don't know if this is something he always does after his goals, but like he got back to the center circle and was like doing like the calm yes, down thing. He's like, calm down. Like, calm so, down. I mean, maybe that's, you know, kind of, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then coming out of the break, uh, 56 minute Briar, who was uh, pivotal on the first goal, I think it was, he gets his goal in the 56 minute, uh, deflects. Chalanol's having such a great game up to this point, and then it deflects off of him, goes into the goal, 56 minute. Um, and you're like, we can't buy any breaks in this game. They get a goal three, 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 two at that point. Um, and you're thinking, oh gosh, here we go again. We got to catch up again. And this time there wasn't an instant reaction. I mean, yes, we reacted in terms of we, we, we kept putting pressure on them, but the goal didn't come for a while. Um, and, and for a while, I wasn't sure if the goal was going to come at all. I don't know about how you felt as that, as that second half progressed after that, after we went down. You know, it was funny. It's like, I didn't watch this game live, so I was watching it on replay as well. And I knew what the scoreline was before I watched the game, but I didn't know when the goals were. Mm. Um, and and funny enough, the second this guy started taking that long throw in, 
Because that's what the third goal comes from. It was from a long, it wasn't a corner, it was a long throw. Yeah. The second he starts his long throw routine, it was so like different and like intentional. I was like in my head immediately, I was like, oh God, like what's going to happen on this? And I was like kind of being sarcastic, but at the same time being like, I've seen this before with this team. And of course, he just has this bullet like long throw into the center of the box. It's flicked on by Itaker or somebody just trying to clear it from the center of the box. Falls directly for Briar, who doesn't place it particularly well no. he just kind of gets it hard gets it low to his credit which is what you should do in that situation and it gets a kind of flexion for us going the wrong way and it goes in i mean it's kind of a bs goal for rasta i don't think that's like once again when you're talking about like whether or not grimatsu should be fired over this like yeah is that you know somehow evidence of like he's you know a poor coach like i mean that particular play it's just sort of a random you know thing that can happen now and again so but yeah but a very poor goal uh to concede uh regardless like you said took a while then to get you know the, uh, the final response that we needed. Although I will say, I thought we were largely in control for most of the second half and had a number of opportunities that we just, you know, couldn't find the the final pass or, um, you know, get the shot off, but were better than some of the half chances we typically see from this side. They were a lot closer to being, you know, kind of the final product. Yeah, we would see Salisane come off and come out of the game. I thought he had a pretty weak game. I thought Tia was better when he came in. Uh, I didn't see Marius Loda. Uh, Peringer came in. He was effective in the last goal. Drexler was in there, but they're easy as well. Um, we kept plugging away. We were putting a lot of pressure on them. Uh, finally, the 83rd minute, uh, a nice play, and I forget who had the initial pass, um, but it got to Peringer. Peringer did a nice little back flick uh, over to Kaminsky. Kaminsky set up his cross, crosses it in. Torola does what he does, gets his hat trick. Nice header off the post and in. Uh, 3-3 at that point, he's like, no celebration. He's rolling, running back. Let's get back in this, try to get a goal. Um, 3-3, we had another op- couple opportunities. Uh, After that, yeah. Run. I mean, yeah. We, we looked like the more likely school like, side exactly. to win that game until we lost that game. Um, we, I mean, this is where maybe he gets fired because it seemed like we throwing everybody trying to get that win. But, yeah, but, yeah, but I mean, like, we dominated the final 15 minutes of that match. We had all the possession in the final third. We had a number of great sequences. I mean, like, Itakura had a play where he made an unbelievable dribble and then nice through ball into somebody off the side. Like Kamin- Kaminsky had like like megged somebody. Terlinoff had know, a great I, chance. I mean, like, I mean, everyone was like saucing up, playing, praying pretty well. Like I said, this was this was like a game. And once again, this could be Rostock and maybe just being a fragile defensive side or whatever. But like this was a game um where offensively it looked like we had more ideas and creativity like in the final third and people were making smart runs and, and you know like we were finding them it was working better um than i feel like it typically has for us a lot of the time and uh you know we just couldn't get couldn't get the final one which is what was so dif- uh, disappointing but like you know the, the final goal when when rostock ultimately wins this thing um deep into stoppage time i mean malik chow shoulder checks to to see where his man is three times before that ball gets played. So he's well aware of how far away he is in terms of like being able to make body contact, yeah. be, be like that back post runner. And he makes almost no effort to actually close that gap. I think he was just like, oh, I'm just going to stay in the passing lane and block any cross that goes in or whatever. Um, but he easily could have kind of drifted diagonally and tried to actually, you know, get into a position where he could battle for whatever ball did come in. To me, that goal is like, largely on Malik Chow, maybe some of the midfielders on that weak side as well for not kind of tracking back with enough energy, Um, you know, when that ball gets played in behind. But, like, once again, like even that play, it's like, okay, yeah, maybe Gross is being a little bit aggressive, like throwing people up the pitch. But um I don't know. I mean, I didn't think, like, the way they ended up scoring that goal was like a direct counter 
off of us having like no one back. Like, you know, like we had people kind of in the, in our own half and we just didn't defend it well. Yeah. And I think Toronto's reaction said it all. He like took his captain's armband off. Is like, are you kidding me? Like, really? Three goals that I, and they would still give it four. Like what the hell? Um, yeah. Lose the game. Gut wrenching fashion. Um, I have a question for Sambo. Uh, you know, he mentions, you know, Demetrius Gramosis was a great guy, but the football is horrible the last couple of weeks. I argue since he's taken over, it's not been great. Uh, it's yes, it's gotten points. It's better this year than last year for sure. But um, he had a comment where it says, you know, it sounds bad, but I think the last goal is good for us because the coach got us fired, got fired for sure. And I agree. And I think Jack, you agree that he wasn't the right coach for us, especially long term. But the timing of the firing, I think, which we both agree that it was not good. And that's what I think, you know, Sambo, like, yeah, we agree with you that he maybe should be fired or not. It's not the coach for us, but you know, to do it now with nine, 10 games ago was the wrong time to do it. We love Buskins and history says Buskin has done well when he's taken over, right? I think the team averages 2.67 goals per game when he uh, uh, points per point for his, every time he coaches, whatever. But, um, that was 10 years ago or something like that. That was a long time ago. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it, his time was up. It just, unfortunately, when they did it, I think. That's what I think we don't agree. No, so he agrees with it, yeah. I mean, yeah, but, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like this game kind of defensively was a little bit of an anomaly. I know earlier you said that you feel like we've been leaky in the second half of the season. I, I kind of disagree with you well, on that. I mean, I think, no, I think direct plays is our weak, is where we always get beat. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's what I, that's what I'm saying. It's like yeah. the ball over the top or the direct straight through ball, we cannot defend for the life of us for whatever reason, even if we see yeah. it coming. That's what's infuriating. Yeah, that's been a problem all season. I have some of the offensive issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, we, there's some controversial – I mean, not. I'm not trying to blame it on this at all, but I'm saying there were some controversial referee moments, I thought, at the end as well. Yep. Um, I'm forgetting – I'm actually forgetting what some of them were, but I know there was like a couple crazy – oh, yeah, there, there, there's a corner kick that wasn't given. Yeah. And yeah. I think that was like the play Murphy that happened that, that immediately precipitated the goal that they scored. Like we should have had a corner kick that was taken away late and then they ended up like, you know, goal kicking it down the side or whatever. Um, that was a clear as day out on the defender. Um, none of the players on either team reacted as if it wasn't going to be a corner. And then yeah. the referee just like gives it as a goal kick and everyone goes, cr- I mean, yeah, it's yeah. wild, but yeah, uh, no, for sure. Uh, so as a result, we uh, look at the standings. Uh, if we have to, I guess. <laughs> uh, Verda Bremen for, in first place on 48 points. Darmstadt and St. Pauli in the playoff positions with 47. Nuremberg, five points behind him in fourth. Uh, we are on 41 points in sixth position. So seven off the top, six off a playoff spot. Uh, there is separation now between third and fourth. You know, the one saving grace in all of this is the only team that's playing actually really well at the moment is Verde Bremen. They're in first for obvious reasons. Uh, but every other team, Darmstadt, St. Pauli, Nuremberg, Hamburg, obviously us, we've been up and down. And so if we can get on a serious run, we have a chance. But, I mean, it's it's going slow. So it's, it's nine games slower. remaining, right? Not ten. It's nine, uh, I think. 25 what? match days in the yes, books. Yes, you're right. Nine so, games. I mean, six of those? You might have to win like six of those. You know what I mean? Like we're just trying to kind of like think it out in our heads. You might have to win like six of those nine to make up, you know, and hope that there's other people dropping results as well to kind of make up the six point gap at this point. Um, yeah, it's it's not not great. And I mean, the, the, I mean, the just, I mean, so many of the losses recently. Um, it just you didn't expect those 
to be coming down the pipe. And like, as you said, the schedule is going to get a little bit tougher here, you know, towards the end. Um, almost kind of situation like Everton's in to some extent in the Premier League, yeah. right? Like they're yeah. gonna, their schedule is terrible and they're in a bad spot too in terms of like relegation on their side. So um, it's, uh, yeah, tough. So, I mean, anything else you want to add about, you know, Buskins and how you think that's going to work out? Um, like I said, I, I, to me, it's just kind of like, I know you mentioned like, you know, the goal return per game. I mean, or the, the point yeah. return per game that he's had in like those kind of situations. Um, and I get that, you know, he's like a club guy and has been part of the coaching staff and, you know, whatever. It just to me, it's just kind of like if you're shorter, like like it, I, shorter must either be desperate or he must really believe that like Gramatis specifically is holding the team back. Right. In, in a way that like a number of other coaches could fix easily with the talent he has. He may be right about that. I don't know if he is. I think that I would be. I think that's a little bit suspect. Um, but yeah, so to me, it's just kind of like, this is maybe the result that I wanted, but it's not really when I wanted it or when I think it's yeah. a good idea. And so that makes it almost not the result I wanted. So I just, I, I really am confused about this and I don't know how to feel about it. Outside of maybe Hoop Stevens, right? Um, or maybe uh, Heikis, who's never, who would never come here. There's no one really in the world that would come in here and be able to uh, for sure save us. Honestly, and if it's going to be anybody, it's probably Buskins. I wouldn't even want Hoop Stevens back again at this no, point. And he said he didn't want to come back. He I said, mean, I'm, yeah, I'm not right, even in yeah. the market. <laughs> I wouldn't either. I love him, but I wouldn't want him back either. And so I guess we're going to have somebody. It's got to be Buskins, right? Uh, and then he got he gets COVID, can't even participate in the first training with them. I'm not sure is under, uh, under evaluation as well for COVID. Hopefully we get um, Buskins back for the first game. I don't know if he will. The game's on Sunday morning, 830. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's nine games left, and it's like I said. If we keep doing the same things we were doing before, but tighten up defensively somehow, read those direct plays, maybe we have a chance. We need to put these goals away. We have last two, three games, we've had a million and a half shots, but the goals haven't always been there. This game, we get goals, we just can't stop anything um, when they come our way, I guess. And so it, it's, it's, I don't know, man. I'm at a loss for words, like you are, and. Looking at the schedule here, uh, pull it up here. So next game is against where am I? Where am I? Ingolstadt. Ingolstadt's the next game. That's on Sunday. Followed by Hanover, Dynamo Dresden, and Heidenheim, and then we get into the gauntlet. Thank God Bujilev is no longer there because you know he would score against us. <laughs> yeah. That's just the way it is. Yeah, we got um, a game off. And, and speaking of that, in the interest of fairness, Timo Ver- uh, Timo Becker not a particularly good game for him. Uh, I thought he was probably like one of the most blah performances from Rostock uh, in that game. So who uh, Becker? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I so, agree. I mean, I, I know I've been mentioning him a lot this season, like, and I still think like, you know, I, I think it's weird that he performed decently well at a Bundesliga level, but somehow can't at a spite of Bundesliga level. It's strange. It's I still don't understand thing, what's man. happening, it must be but in the interest of fairness, because I have been hyping him up, he did not play particularly well against yeah. us this past week. Yeah. Sambo says that the media in Germany says that Schroeder think that Gronzi is holding the team back and Buskins often disagreed with him in the whole season. So, so that, yeah, there you go. If, if, if those reports are accurate in terms of the thinking, then I guess yeah. that, that makes me build. feel maybe slightly better about the decision if Schroeder is very convinced of that because that sort of aligns with my um, uh, understanding and, and sort of opinion, I guess I would say, of like how strong the squad is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it better be that because if it's just like Schroeder suddenly like collapsing and looking desperate, which I don't think is seems to be his vibe, but you know, you never know with sporting directors, you know, if they're yeah. trying to find a scapegoat. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if we get that, that new coach bump. We'll see. Um, we you love it. the new coach bump. We do. 
Um, I was going to say some stuff. Oh, so, you know, you mentioned a few days had gone before we had a manager and then yeah. rumors. It was funny because uh, I don't know if it was on our podcast or maybe during a, a live stream. I had mentioned how um, I saw oh, it was during live stream. I mentioned how, oh, you know, at the beginning when we lost Mirko Slomka many years ago, he went to Hanover and I, you know, I followed Hanover just a little bit because I liked the coach so much. And then sure enough, after the game or after he gets fired, the first name that pops up is Mirko Slomka, possibly come to Schalke. Then they mentioned Funkel. And I was like, oh, no, no, no Funkel and some other guys. Uh, but then, you know, obviously Buskins became the guys. So we'll see what can happen. Short turnaround. We needed, no matter what, we need to get a turnaround. We need to get results quick. Um, I mean, if, if there's any chance, any kind of hope, we have to win this next game. But we've been saying that for the last three, four weeks. <laughs> new year, new sponsor, new coach, new Schalke. How about that? There you go. I don't. Yeah, we didn't even mention it last last episode. We said Viva West is likely. That's what we thought yeah. from the rumors. So a new title rumors sponsor. Official. Yeah, Viva West. Uh, yeah, love it. I guess I don't know what is it, like a like a North Rhine Westphalia like kind of yeah housing company apartment company something like that. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't know what the deal yeah. is, but um, props to Schalke for finding a replacement that quickly, and hopefully that helps bridge. I didn't see what the details were if we had any sort of like financial numbers out of that yeah, yet, know. but hopefully that helps bridge whatever the gap is between that and sort of the gas prom money. Yeah, and I think if um, if we are to make the Bundesliga, that'll help too get more sponsors. But if you're not, you better find some money some way somehow. Um, yeah, and apparently, Gelson Kirschen, which starts with a G, has not been friendly to G sounding names lately. With obviously dropping the sponsor and then dropping another coach. So, Kromosi's gone. I think it's time for us to go. What do you think? Anything else? Final thoughts for me would just be uh, try to take some positives from it. And the positive, once again, an additional data point in terms of potential depth at the left back, left wing back position through the performance of Chananoglu. To me, another data point uh, in favor of Florian Flick, I thought in the second half in particular, when they switched back to the kind of the typical shape where Flick is playing the deep six role, I thought he was very instrumental once again in possession yeah. and helped facilitate things. I thought our, our the tempo of our passing and sort of angle switching was better. Um so, yeah, I mean, just like one more guy that, you know, you can potentially rely on in the mix. It's one game from China Noglu, but it's a very good game. Um, the bolts of Toronto thing keeps working. So, I mean, there are positives to take away from that performance. Some very bad individual mistakes, but um, yeah, some interesting things as well. Yep. 100%. 100% on that. All right. So on that note, uh, yeah. Jack, uh, where can our followers find you on social media? At JM Mangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N on the Twitter machine. Very good. As always, you can follow me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. I had a plug to give, but I don't recall right now. So maybe I'll think of it later. Uh, Kevin Magnuson back at Haas. Kevin Magnuson back at Haas. For all you F1 people out there. There you go. There's the shout out for the day. There's a shout out of the day. It is Shock America. It's the American team. Might as well. There it is. There it is. Should be Shaka Global. Obviously, with all the fans we have from all over the world, you know, honestly. Last coming and coming in. Shorter. Oh, where was I? Oh. Thank you, Anthony. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, sir. All right. On that note, we will catch you on the next episode or the next live stream, which will be Sunday morning, 8.30 p.m. 8.30 p.m. 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's 7.30 in Chicagoland time. Uh, until then, look off.